0: Morning, morning. Let's get started this morning, um, and I'm going to start out in Proverbs chapter number eight. Does not wisdom cough out? Does not understanding raise her voice? At the top of the elevated places, along the way, at the intersection of the paths, she takes her stand beside. The gates opening into the city at the entrance of the doorways, she cries out. To you, old people, I call out, and my voice calls to all mankind. You who are naive discern wisdom, and you fools understand discernment. Listen, for I will speak excellent things, and my lips will utter what is right. For my mouth speaks truth, and my lips hate wickedness. All the words of my mouth are righteous.
1: There is nothing in them twisted or crooked. All of them are clear to the discerning and upright, to those who find knowledge. Receive my
0: instruction rather than silver. And knowledge... Rather than the choice of all gold, for wisdom is better than rubies, and desirable things cannot be compared to her. I, wisdom, live with prudence, and I find knowledge and discretion. The fear
1: of the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride in the evil way, and perverse utterances. Counsel and sound wisdom belong to
0: me, I possess understanding and might. Kings reign because of me,
1: and potentates decree righteousness. By me princes rule, as well as nobles and all righteous judges. I love those who love me, and those who seek me find me. Riches and honor are with me, and long-lasting wealth and righteousness. My fruit is better than the purest gold, and what I produce is better than the choicest silver. I walk in the path of righteousness, in the path of justice that I may cause those who love me to inherit wealth, and that I may fill their treasuries. The Lord created me as the beginning of his works, before his deeds of long ago. From eternity I was appointed from the beginning and from before the world existed. When there was no deep oceans, I was born. When there was no springs overflowing with water, before the mountains were set in place, and before the hills, I was born. Before he made the earth and its fields, Or the beginning of the dust or the world. When he established the heavens, I was there. And when he marked out the horizon over the face of the deep. When he established the clouds above. And when the fountains of the deep grew strong. When he gave the sea his decree that the waters should not pass over his command. And when he marked out the foundations of the earth. Listen to this verse. And then I was. Beside him as a master craftsman. But in the Hebrew, and I I sent this in the email this week, but in the Hebrew, that word master craftsman also means a nursing child. Now you think, how does a master craftsman and a nursing child get translated in the same word? But he said, I was before him or beside him as a master craftsman or a nursing child. And I was his delight day by day I rejoiced before him at all times I rejoiced in the habitable part of the earth and I delighted in his people so now children listen to me all you children, all of us listen to wisdom blessed are those who keep my ways listen to my instructions so that you may be wise and do not neglect it blessed is the one who listens to me watching at my doors day by day and waiting beside me at my doorway. For the one who finds me finds life and receives favor from the Lord. But the one who does not find me brings harm to his self and all who hate me love death. Have your way with us this morning, Lord.
2: me when i'm me path who is like my judge he took my sins to death oh, on that tree who is like my love he wants to know me oh intimately oh and it's only all the while that I sit in darkness and rejoice not against me King of justice, you will hear me and restore all to me. In darkness, rejoice not against me, you enemies. When I fall, I shall. shine, we've been taken advantage of, oh, we've been stolen from, and shine, oh, God of restoration, oh, God of resurrection, God of righteousness, God who makes all things add up to goodness and wholeness, oh. Son of righteousness, oh come and rise, oh and shine and shine, oh and shine. We will be your torches. We are His torches. Torches of righteousness and holiness All the things like our God Who is like this king Who rules with justice and mercy Oh, son of righteousness Come and shine Men, all we have is corruption. Oh, we need the one true judge. Oh, they no longer listen to our case. We are mocked, we are a mockery. Oh, rejoice not against me, oh enemy. The God of our salvation is coming. And he will call all those who are his to him myself Though the winds and the waves come higher And my fears and my sorrows may grow On Christ, the solid rock, I stand And my boat may sink And I may drown in this ocean, but though he slays me, I will trust his name. And on Christ, the solid rock, I stand and I put all my hopes in his hand. Cause I've tried to hope in all these things in this world And they keep letting me down So I trust in you, my crown You never let me down and in Christ the solid rock and I stand there's no shadow of turning in you there's no change in your heart there's no change in your word all kingdoms may fall all time may pass away we all to you, so on Christ the solid rock I stand, there's no other goodness that can withhold this storm, and on Christ the solid rock. many times. You keep coming back and restoring my soul. Oh, you are the solid rock I stand. Ten thousand may fall at my right and even more at my left. I fix my Smile. your name.
0: Chapter 10, listen to this standard, for the law possesses a shadow of the good things to come, but not the reality itself, and is therefore completely unable by the same sacrifices offered continually year after year to protect, perfect those who come to worship otherwise would they not have ceased to be offered since the worshipers would have been purified once for all and so have no further consciousness of sin but in those sacrifices there is the reminder of sins year after year for the blood of bulls and goats cannot take away sins listen to the superiority of the writer of Hebrews and what he says here this is so profound he says so when he came into the world he said I pray that this would be such a revelation to you right now sacrifice an offering you did not desire listen to the supremacy of this but a body you have prepared for me time you sign up every time you say yes you know what I mean too you know all the pressure that surrounds us that tells us not to say yes you know the circumstances the lie the, from original sin that says he's not good every time it's, it's like I could see this with my eyes this morning every time You look through and you see the Lord and you say, I'll not give in to my circumstance. I'll not give in to the lie. You know, because the lie is all around us
1: trying to tell us something different than what we find when we come into His presence. And then we realize something different. But every time you submit your body, your whole self is a faithful witness Every time you say, every time you even come through the sacrifice and the offering, you say, listen, there's a there's a dimension in God that's beyond the offerings week after week and even the tithes and the gifts and even though those are legitimate, they're legitimate. God doesn't neglect those or say don't do those or to give of ourselves and to love but there is this place where you push out and it's a body that he wants I don't know how you feel about what we're doing here but every time this is my experience every time we push in and we say and we cancel the lie every time we say I will not submit to death. I will not submit to tragedy. I will not submit that death is the end for me. I will only submit to resurrection. Every time it looks like all the chips are down. I saw him this morning dancing over us. I saw the father in the long white robe dancing over us. I said, I knew that every time that you say, every time you say, I will not submit to that message. The message, the lie is attacking us on the left and on the right, but we will not submit to it. And we say, and we push on through why it's a body he wants. You know what happens to you every time you do that? It's almost like the Adamic nature. The only way I need, the only way I know to say it is, like you're flying through space time, and the darkness starts falling off of us, and it's going this direction, and lights coming into you. And I saw this this morning. Like, just keep going, keep going. Don't back off. Don't back off. Just go. Like, just keep going, because eventually the fire that has been taking the darkness out, you're going to become. You're gonna become fire. You're gonna become light. You're gonna look just like Him. And we will not submit to death because what you sow in perishable nature will be raised imperishable. Every time you sow yourself, you you know that's what makes these events difficult. You know why? Because you're sowing yourself time you come to one of these events you're sowing yourself you're saying you're literally having to say I'm departing with the old self and I'm going to take on the new every time and every time there's a lie there to tell you back off he won't meet you and every time he meets us my encouragement to you is my encouragement is you worship the Lord. My encouragement to you is there comes a point where you hit terminal velocity. There comes a point where you become the resistance. I don't know how else to say it. There comes a point when the friction of God and you become one. There just comes a point where you can't tell where he began and where you end and where you ended and where he begins. There comes a point where it is Christ in us, the hope of glory. There comes a point when we live and move and have our being. There comes a point when you're the delight and you know it and you're not at a distance anymore and you're not disconnected anymore. You're one with the Father and he's one with you and he says, give me a body. why we worship like we do. That's why we're a little crazy and maybe we act a little bit strange because we discover that He's the one. You know, and whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. whole burnt offerings, sin offerings, you took no delight in. Well, if God doesn't take delight in that, what does He take delight in? Because whatever He takes delight in, I want to be in it, don't you? I know you do and he said, listen to this, here I am, <laughs> what, did, what did God say to Adam, where are you, and Jesus said, here I am, I have come, he says, it was written of me in the scroll of your book to do your will He says above, sacrifice and offering, whole burnt offerings and sin offerings. The way I look at this is they're, they're precursors to bring us to the end of ourselves. Because he said, you didn't take no light in them. They're, they're setting us up. Then he says... What Mary said, I have come to do your will. You know what that presupposes? That presupposes that our will is fully submitted to His. You see, no more wrestling match, no more trying to get us into His will, no more Jacob wrestling. Just God's will, and we say, "I've come." What is your will? What is your will? But His will can make it may look completely different than our will. let's say, "I've come to do Your will," and listen what He does. He does away with the first to establish the second. By His will, we have been made holy from the offering of the body of Jesus Christ. Listen to this. This is the supremacy of the gospel I preach once for all. I had a preacher down in Greenville one time. I was down there and we were in Starbucks and he told me, he said, Hebrews chapter 10. He said, I've been preaching the gospel all these years, but I cannot get my mind around Hebrews 10. you imagine having no more consciousness of sin this is the glory of what Jesus purchased on the cross could you imagine no more consciousness of sin could you imagine no more consciousness of sin everybody says was it his sin or her sin or my sin or their sin don't you see their sin could you imagine when the consciousness of that is gone this is what he This is what he purchased. Could you imagine no more fault finding, no more guilt and shame? Could you imagine such a thing as complete delight? This is where this, this is what this message is. This is where this message is going. Let's set the standard according to scripture. Let's set it this way. Could you imagine looking at someone saying, well, you got what you deserve, and never thinking that again? Could you imagine thinking about yourself, that way you have been acting because you got what you deserve, but it never crossed your mind again? Could you imagine living your life every day in complete, utter glory of the delight of a father towards you? And he says, I'll take care of everything. Could you imagine you have no more works-based righteousness, but you just live under the love of a father, never interrupted? Could you imagine such a thing? Yes, this is our destiny. This is Hebrews 10. This is what he's saying. This is the glory of the gospel of Jesus Christ. No more having to press in proverbially. No more having to try to make anything happen anymore. No more worry and concern about this thing isn't working out or that's not working out. He delights in me. This is the wisdom of God. I started out this worship with Stephen in Proverbs 8. The wisdom of God. He says in Proverbs chapter 8, verse 30, say, they say the fear of the Lord, the scripture says, is the beginning of wisdom. But listen to what wisdom says. I think in my whole entire life I've never seen this. I was telling Kara this week, I said, I'm, I'm starting to feel so delighted in every day. I don't even know how to act. Like, how do you act when you're so, I mean, yeah. Yeah like Stephen was singing when the darkness fades away and there is no more but light. And I, he took me to Proverbs 830 and I I think it's, it's like I'd never seen Proverbs 830 or I've never even read my Bible because if we're going to talk about what God delights in. Listen to this. Then I was beside him. (laughs) Hey, get a revelation of that one. Just let this sink into your heart. Do you know, listen, you know, you know what the enemy did to Adam and Eve in the garden? He brought disconnection. Wanted us disconnected. You ever had to fight for connection? Because the person that you love is disconnected. And you had to fight over and over and over again to get them connected. I've lived my whole life pretty much disconnected. My wife fought for me. Because so she's a connect, she's connected. But I wasn't, I was disconnected. I must have had a million things disconnected some of us are born with more disconnection than others some of us get connection and I thought that being baptized in the Holy Spirit in fire was just the power dimension but you know what it is it's connection it's the feminine attribute of the Godhead Holy Spirit and he wants connection but I'll tell you something about him he's very truthful Field with integrity. He delineates truth down to like little micro truths. He gets truth. He wants connection because you know what divides us is a lack of integrity and credibility. It divides men when there's not truth there. Even if the truth that you express seems to be off-puttish or it seems like it would push somebody away, there needs to be truth. But when there's the fullness of truth, I didn't know that you could come all the way into truth and that would bring connection. I think I didn't know that. I thought I was a little bit hedging because if you pushed out into truth, somehow you would be abrasive and mean-spirited and you couldn't actually be truthful and be loving. But the greatest love is truth. And the greatest truth is love. And so when your soul finally can do truth and love, you know what you have connection he said i was beside him Can you imagine just walking in the cool of the day with the father like he's there and you're there and he says where are you, you say i'm right here and he said where are you i'm right here we're just right beside each other there's no disconnection anymore because the truth of god's light is so radiating out of you with him that it matches Do you know any of you ever had to deal with relational issues, or has that just been me most of my life? But what happens when connection comes? You know you experience connection, there's no more of this pushing you off or you're having to push somebody else off and create vacancies and create all kinds of things just to be able to survive every day because your whole self is safe. No one can take anything from you anymore. Nobody can give you anymore. But you delight in forgiveness and giving. You delight in being forgiven, but it's just this wonderful thing because you're connected. You know, I thought myself that there was no way to go there. I, I, I convinced my own mind that there would be no way to ever arrive at connection. But I didn't know that's what he wanted. That's what he wants said I was beside him (laughs) I was beside him you want to know wisdom like we we always thought wisdom was some kind of I don't know I thought it was an intellectual concept base of structure and all this objective truth and all these things I was beside him is speaking of wisdom I was beside him you want to know wisdom you ever been pushed off you know how it feels it hurts especially if it's done parentally or with your children and you're pushed off by someone you're trying to get connected to them it hurts really bad we've all experienced this pain I mean many of us have shed a lot of tears over it in the private areas of life trying to find connection with someone we want their approval or we want them to like us or we want to be loved I was beside him Revelation it says that as a master craftsman the Hebrew says either it was a master craftsman or a nursing child now what kind of Hebrew is that you gotta get this a master craftsman do you know what it takes to be a master craftsman I tutored under craftsmen in the military and we had to all be trained we had different sh- training levels. We had three level, five level, seven level. And it's, I think there was a non-level, but there was this training. You had to sit under another journey. You, you become a journeyman, and then you get a craftsman, and then you get a master craftsman. That's on the enlisted structure, and even in the officer ranks I was in as well. They give you improve upon your craft, your, craft, your trade in one sense, or your professional craft in another. It takes a lot of work and diligence, and you got to know the art of what you do to be a master craftsman. You're really good, and it usually, most of those are the gray hairs. It takes your hairs completely gray, and, the mil, and at least in the trades I've been in, the guys that are the best normally are all gray-headed. I'm just ta- I'm talking about on the, the male side of things. But even in the feminine, you'll see the senior mothers who have raised children and brought up families and, you know, normally you'll see the silver coming for it, or, you know, maybe had to dye it, but, you know, the silver comes for in it this beautiful head of silver because there's a, they've learned how to do family and how to relate and love and bring an atmosphere and shift it. You all know what I mean. Or you're all stoved up, you know, and in male and female master, but it normally, brings us to a place of the silver-headed. But how do you get a nursing child and the master craftsman in the same word? Because do you know some of the greatest grandparents are the ones that can still get down? I mean, if they can, get down on the floor with the babies and play with them because they're like a little child at heart. The greatest you'll ever be around. My experience with grandparents and then great grandparents have been the ones that can get down there and they're just in the middle of it with the little ones they're like how do they do that aren't their joints killing them I mean, their back are they going to fall apart you know and the Holy Spirit wisdom has both the nursing child and the master craftsman wrapped up into one Hebrew word and this is the wisdom of God except you become as a little you can't enter in You're fully dependent, and you have all the skill set that would be needed to build a cathedral in the same person. You're fully dependent as a little child, and you're so tender, but you can run a whole nation. You can be the queen or the king, and you got the little nursing babies on your knee. You see? You see? You see? Wisdom is both the beginning and the end of all things. Wisdom has to be able to perceive beyond when it all started and when it all ends. There's a perception of Genesis 2 and Revelation 22. This is wisdom because wisdom dwells outside of time. There's a be- most beautiful spirit I've ever seen. One of them was on Pop Winners, the man who helped take my dad off the streets. His name was Red Winters. He had, you can ask my wife, my mother, my dad. He had the nature of a little child. He was so tender. But he was so senior. He could take a. He was like a. He had run down through here through Middle Fork. And uh, my dad would tell me about it. He'd tell me about it. He ran on foot, barefooted through the woods. He could like swing a rock and knock a bird or a squirrel out of the tree. He was really. He was an expert fisherman. He had. He was both master craftsman and a little child. And I, I said to myself, We go over and see him and I say, I want to be like him one day, Lord. You know, I'm not. I'm not. I'm rigid and think I know everything and filled with pride and arrogant and all the other stuff. And I got a little bit of love, but that guy right there, he, that's the glory of that's the glory of man right there. And he goes home to be with the Lord. He's in his late 80s. I was like, I'd like to be that in my 30s. I mean, wouldn't you like in your 30s, your 20s, or your 40s, or wouldn't you like to come already to this? I think King David began, you you could be this way as a child. You could be both build and transmit an atmosphere and be so tender and down in the floor with the babies in love and connected. I was one as beside him. I as a master craftsman and a nursing child, oh man, get this, and I was his delight day by day. It says of Jesus that the Lord made him, gave him the all of gladness above all his fellows. He wasn't sad or mad. He was glad. And we want wisdom, right? said earnestly desire wisdom let me teach you wisdom from the writer do you know who has the greatest wisdom the one who is delighted in uh, i'm his delight you see the word that's in that d what Steven singing it i couldn't believe what you're singing today that's just like how does he know the darkness and into the light i'm his delight now listen now you already are right now (laughs) just get a hold of Him. believe what i'm saying every all the lie is trying to tell you it's not true but go ahead and believe it right now see this is what the belief is about i'm his delight everything's trying to tell you it's not true you be this person that person that person but if you'll get a hold of this actually this is the whole thing that's been for me at least propelling this ministry I can't do this ministry man it's about it about wrecking but the thing that keeps me coming back every week is every time we worship and I'm like oh man that's what I'm in man I'm wrecked again and then he's just like hey let me bless you with this and take care of that for you and you're like no way But everything was telling me it wasn't true. And then he's like, it is true. Every day. And then you start to experience him all the time. I mean, these are our glory moments together. We get to do this together. But he says, listen to this. There's something that happens when you realize he's your delight. So you, get, you know, like real excited and you rejoice. (laughs) Before him, listen to this. At all times. Someone asked me, they said what Carol is Rise of Clastronaut. You know, even you're singing about Rise of the Day too.
3: It's
1: like such such blessing. <laughs> like if there was any two people that ever were made to hang out together. Oh it's my my buddy right there. It's like how does he know every week what God has said? You know. Um, someone said, What is rise of class or?" Not? I was like, Well, it's a clown astronaut. Someone said, What is that? And I said, It's being caught up and thrown up into the heavens and rejoicing. It's the rejoicing sons of God, sons and daughters of God, rejoicing in the heavens because of the greater glory of God coming on the earth. The whole world, I'm telling y'all, they're going to go into chaos, the world system. The word told me back in 2011, he says, when y'all take ground one day and get back to Eden, you'll watch it happen. You'll watch chaos start happening in the nations. Last week, well, the week before, we hit the base of the Eden it Sanctuary and the Lord said, now build my court in my garden. Because garden and court are one with God. Temple and um, palace, they're the same with God. And he says, you'll watch the system of governance begin to turn in on itself. You'll watch it. Watch it with your own eyes. It'll turn on itself. They'll turn against each other, the red and the blue. He told me this in, back in. It just came into my understanding because I asked him, I said, how can we change our nation? How? He said if just one or a few of us would give ourselves fully to him, he said I'll overthrow all the systems of man by love. I'll, and you'll watch it with your own eyes just like you watch it in the in." They'll turn on each other. And I don't want that to happen. You know, I'm like, I, we believe for our nation, Lord. We don't want to see people kill each other and destroy each other's lives. But he said to me, the blue and the red will turn on each other. Years ago, when you finally hit a place with me in downtown Asheville, years ago, because he said, I'm going to back this thing all the way back up to Eden, restore families. And the enemy is gonna be incensed when he sees, he's going to literally come unglued when he sees families being restored back to love, back to connection. And I said, this thing seems too impossible to me, not that the blue and the red would turn against each other, that our families could be restored, that we can love one another. I was like, because that's bothering me with them. I'm sure they're bothered by me. (laughs) And he said, just come on with me and answer to the cross and keep saying yes to me and keep saying yes to me and keep letting me take the stuff off of you and keep letting me have something else. I'm going to take all the darkness out and I'm going to bring forth light one day and there'll be an explosion of light. And this is what I, this is our glory. It's going to come. We're going to see an explosion of light. It comes out of covenantal oneness. It comes out of union with the Father. An explosion of light is coming. And all of us will rejoice in Him. And we'll have the all of gladness and crowned in glory in the middle of the whole darkness invading itself. Watch and see. What you're seeing happening all over this nation right now, it will not get better. It won't. There's no going by. Crown Reaper had to come because a king's coming. And there will be, either we will turn our hearts towards a righteous king who is the God of all of creation, or we will not. There will be no other way. You'll either set your eyes on Jesus now, or you won't. And you'll turn your eyes towards an antichrist system because mankind has to have a king. See, they got to have a global leader because they're going to see what's happening. And the greatest nation maybe ever been born in this last couple centuries to come apart at the seams. And they're going to say, oh my God, what are we going to do? If that nation's constitution can't make it, if that nation gets overthrown and goes into decline, how will any of us make it? that nation isn't supporting our nations anymore, how are we going to make it? And mankind will either be one or two streets. Listen, set your heart now. I know you are, but set your heart now. Let this stuff be dealt with. Get into covenantal oneness with the Father. Go ahead and face death. Go ahead and face it. Go ahead and know. Go ahead and say. Go ahead and get this message in your heart. Um... dads where is your sting
3: <laughs> get a hold of it It's swallowed up in victory
1: <laughs> go ahead and run into your perishable self and let yourself die and take on imperishability there's a glorified man coming out of this we're not backing off until we see him split the eastern sky. I think a great. You get a vision for this. Once you get a vision, you lock up. You're just like dove's eyes. It can't see peripheral anymore. It can't see the blue and the red. All it sees is royal. <laughs> you know, I got my eyes on you, Lord. I'm not putting them on the left and the right anymore. I don't eat from that tree. I eat from the tree of life out of his presence all right yeah now let your heart be warm Awesome, every week is awesome, all right everything is awesome you have probably seen that Lego movie. <laughs> everything is awesome anyways you yeah, haven't seen it's a pretty good film um well let's uh let's take up our uh, morning tithe and offering Jesus, I just thank you, Lord, for resurrection life and re- as it
0: relates to the blessing of homes and the settling of homes uh this
1: morning and for creativity and just in the middle Lord, of of everything that 's going on around us that you create that you, that because you 're uncreated and that we don 't have to give in to the uh, you know what things look like because we see through the, our circumstance and we look into who you are that I pray right now that there will be a mighty spirit of Caleb, the spirit of Caleb will come over uh, your people eighty four years old that says, "Give
0: me my mountain you know that 's just Says, you know, oh, the
1: obstacle. Yeah, there's some obstacles there, some giants there, but I'm not like hedging on any of that. I want you to, I'm going to move into something that's impossible. And I just pray for this kind of resolve and courage over our people, even in the realm of, of uh, inheritance and the blessing of inheritance over our families. That we wouldn't pull back, but we would say, Lord, give me an opportunity to go do something that's impossible, uh, to see a blessing, a transfer over my family. In Jesus' name, Amen. Bless you as you give this morning.
2: Think about you, Lord, and what I really want is to become a child, a child of one simple thing. Loving my King. I think about the cross. And what you did for me, and how I've been redeemed, redeemed from my life of sin. Ooh, and the praises begin.
1: Let's all stand together and turn to Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 8. Now there were shepherds nearby leaving out in the field, keeping guard over the flock at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were absolutely terrified. But the angel said to them, Hey guys, don't be afraid. But listen carefully, for I proclaim unto you good news, that will bring great joy to all people today. Your Savior is born in the city of David. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly a vast heavenly army appeared with an angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among people with whom he is pleased. When the angels left them and went back to heaven, the shepherds said this to one another. Let us go over to Bethlehem. Let us go over there to Bethlehem and see the thing that has taken place that the Lord has made known to us. And so they hurried off and located Mary and Joseph and found the baby lying in a manger. When they saw him, they related what they were told about the child and all who heard it were astonished at what the shepherd said. But Mary treasured up all these words pondered them in her heart that they might, what they might mean. So the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. Everything was just as they had been told. Let's pray. Lord, here we come again across the text of time with the impossibility, Lord, of even expressing even anywhere near and given an exposition as unto your word the way that you would want it to be expressed. But I ask you for anointing and I ask you for your word to come out of my mouth, Lord, so that it would impact both as sound and light into our souls this morning. We would be and glorify you from this text that we would grow in faith and that we would be a people who would just run after you. And I pray that we would sense... You're settling and you rest in this message, Lord, but also just this characteristic, Lord, of like the shepherds had to just to be quick to, to go and to believe and to say we trust this message, even though, Lord, in many ways we couldn't even see it or apprehend your message. I pray that you would open up, even unto us babes, Lord, the wisdom, of eternity and out of out of time, we're open our hearts, Lord, to hear Your Word this morning. In Jesus' name, Amen. You may be seated. I think one of the the things that really occurs to me off the get go in this text is the the meanness and uh, and and I, I use that word in in a sense of humility, of which God. Comes and reveals himself. In scripture, we know that in the scriptures it says, God resists, he is objected to, or he pushes off, Um, he puts up a wall, he pushes back. God Says, uh, I'm not going to have this. God builds a structure. You know, I want to make this really clear. You know, God sets a boundary around the proud of heart. God resists the proud. But, you know, and we go really quick to the next we y'all. But he gives grace to me because I'm humble, <laughs> you know. I'm the humble one. I don't know if y'all think that, you know, and I, I hope you are But, I mean, I, I do, <laughs> you know. I'm the humble one. He resists you, you know, or you, or you, or you, right? I don't know if that's ever occurred to you that he's resisting someone else, but he definitely isn't resisting me. Anybody else? You know, I'm like, when we think of... He resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Has it ever crossed your mind that you're usually thinking of someone else? <laughs> or is that just me? <laughs> you know, he resists you, I know, but not me. He gives grace to me, but he's resisting you. And in some way, that is pride. Do you see how it's sort of a play on words? Because the moment you say he's resisting you but not me, you're actually being resisted. Here's a better way to say it. It's possible he's resisting me. Oh Lord, please don't resist me. That's more akin to humility. Because pride automatically sees the condition of another or another situation, but doesn't see itself. See, the great deception is not to be aware of my propensity towards independence. See, so, because we got to like understand what is humility. Humility is the gravitation towards dependence. Humility, what it's saying is, I can't do anything to help myself. And humility is allowing all that to come in on you and feel the feeling of, or the thought of, I can't fix this. Humility is the admittance that there are some things I can do, but what you've called me to or what you're saying to me, I can't do. Most people... Do not and are building systems around their self to protect themselves from that I I remember the words like I was like if I could get this thing right and this thing right and this thing right I'll be blessed And he's like quit resisting me. I'm like resisting you. I thought you wanted it all to be fixed Oh, well, you wanted all these external things in order and he said well, I do But i'm after something else. I was like, what is that? I'm after order in here and order in here is dependence. Order in here is listen, and nobody likes this. Nobody likes this. I don't know of anybody I've ever met that likes this. Order in here is I don't know. You ever hear somebody I tried I've done this, I just won't admit it. I tried to correct my, my kids. I'm like, don't say I know so fast. Just don't let that be the first thing that comes out of your mouth. Maybe say I see. But don't say I know. Maybe don't even say I. <laughs> You're like, "See?" Maybe. <laughs> Possibly? Do you see? See. The Lord doesn't present this Himself to those that are trying to build systems of control around themselves or manipulations to safeguard your position. He will not reveal Himself there, and this is really, really, really crucial because listen, so many people in God's people are missing Him, even though He's omnipresent. They're missing His direction, even though He's omnipotent. They're missing His omniscience, even though he's all knowing, like completely, but he's right there, but you can't see him. And let me, I was sharing this with the kids at devotions. Like, I don't know, it was about five weeks ago around the dinner table. We're talking about Moses and Moses coming. And it occurred to me while we were doing devotions that there were bushes burning in the desert the whole time. It, It wasn't that there weren't bushes on fire. That was a common occurrence, Moses, he walking around there tending the sheep. A shepherd who was a prince. Backside of the wilderness, scrubby bushes everywhere, scrubby dirt, nothing beautiful out there. Horab is not a beautiful place. Horab makes mama mad when you track dirt into the house. Because you've got to keep on sweeping it up, right? Horab, everything in Horab is out of order. And yet, in the middle of all this scrubbiness and everything's out of order, and how can God be in this in the middle of Sinai? The Lord's like, Do you see me over there? He's like, Oh, that's another one of those bushes. There were eighteen bushes on fire and they consumed it. There was one and Moses missed it like fifteen years ago. Could you imagine how upset you would be and I would be to realize fifteen years ago he was in the bush that wasn't consumed, but we thought it was being consumed. Do you understand what I'm saying? He's always been there. Because he dwells outside of time, he's now. Everything you need for life and godliness is present right now. I I asked the Lord, I was like, Why don't you take us up to that mountain? You know, I can't stand this place. You know, I love my parents, but I can't stand this place. He said, Because you would have never focused on the eternal because you were too focused on the external. You would have never paid any attention to me. You would have went your whole life thinking, I'm blessed. i, I have my good job. and I got everything straightened out and everything's going good. And you miss me the whole time. So he's like, hey, come and follow me. Everything's scrubby. Everything's broken. Every, everything keeps breaking. Does this happen to anybody else? You, you go fix that and then it breaks. You got to go fix something else. <laughs> and you're just like, pull your hair out. You can't ever get it clean. You can't ever get it right. It's always, you're trying your best to bring order, but it just doesn't come. I don't know. Maybe some of y'all got this dialed down. But when you go on with the Lord, it's like, that's out of order, that's out of order, that's the thing. I keep on trying to fix that and fix that and fix that. You can't ever get it, and it's just like you want to pull your hair out, and he's like, uh, it's me. And you're like, no, 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 no. Mm -mm." Your kids are doing this, and that's doing that, and your grandkids are doing that, and they're out of order, and this thing's out of order, and you want to fix it all, and and you go put your hand to it. And the whole time, what we don't realize is we're actually living in pride.
3: (laughs) crazy.
1: It's like, and the Lord says, "Will you run into the middle of all this and look for me. And it's like, you'll never see me until you give in. And you're like, I can't give in. I was trained not to, you know, keep bringing order, keep making it right. But then you got this kind of attitude problem. I don't know if that happens to anybody else, but you transmit your governmental activity and you push everybody out, you know, you hurt people's feelings, you're not really present, you're disconnected, I don't know. And it's all as a result of trying to find a place in yourself to find some kind of comfort. And the Lord's like, let me have you, you know, let me have you, and, but it's so dark. And why is it dark? Why are the shepherds in the middle of the night? Why is it dark? It's because God never meant for you to know your next step. He meant for you to live as it's called today. He says, while it's called today, do not harden your hearts as your forefathers did in the day of provocation. He said, don't... Matthew 6.33, right? He says, seek ye first what? The kingdom of God and His righteousness. All these things will be added. He's saying... Turn your heart towards me. But Lord, it's dark. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen next. And um, I don't know if you know what neurotic anxiety is, but neurotic anxiety is kind of like, well, what if this happens? I don't know. Well, what if that happens? I don't know. What what if this happens? I don't know. Anybody deal with that? (laughs) Like, I don't know. Oh, gosh. I don't know. Is there a spider? I I remember uh, Kara saying, there could be a spider under the toilet seat. And it could bite you. And you could die. And I was like, there could also be shark tornadoes. Sharknadoes. You know. (laughs) There could also be an alligator that could pop up out of here. Or a big boa constrictor could fall out of the air and shuck me to death. You know, I don't know. (laughs) It's called neurotic anxiety. It's like... Well, what if she says or they say or we do and they don't do? And what if the kids do this? And what if they do that? And it's like, ah, you know, I remember Stephen one time. He said, just throw it all on the trash heap. (laughs) I know what he means when he says that. He's just like, toss it, man. But then there has to be this thing. Okay, I'm going to toss it on the trash pile. But I got to turn my heart back towards him in the middle of the darkness of the unknowing. So you, what, you, what you and I have to do, and I, I asked the Lord, I said, what is this? He's like, it's like blank slate. It's like allowing yourself to go completely, uh, I don't know anything. Now, my Sadie and Leander, they've been getting into fusses in the back of the vehicle, and it can get in a knockdown drag out. Because Sadie tells Leander sometimes, you don't know anything. And he just kind of gets really upset if you tell him that. He's got really mad. And then she get, got punched in the face a couple times because he don't know anything. And I said to him, son, because he told me I didn't know anything. <laughs> I thought, oh, no, now she's telling him he doesn't know anything. I was like, you should just submit to saying I don't know anything. I mean, in fact, it's better for you to, and I to come a condition of unknowing than it is to keep going around thinking we know everything. You ever notice how knowledge puffs up? You ever notice how off-puttish it is? Have you ever noticed someone that's really intellectual or they are real emotive and they just know, but then they're sort of like ping, you know, or and you feel it? Or has that just happened to me? Or have I been the one that does it to everybody, you know? But what about the person who submits to darkness and the unknowing? I don't know. You don't? This has been the hardest thing for me in leadership. Like to admit that you don't know anything. <laughs> it's like, oh, you don't. Why are we? Why do we follow somebody or follow God that doesn't know? I mean, you don't know what you're doing. I don't know what I'm doing. Who would follow somebody that don't know anything? You know. And then some of us get a little crazy, and we're like, okay, we'll submit to the unknowing. And then it gets kind of dark. And it's kind of humble. And it's kind of in the middle of the night. And it's kind of like, ah! Oh, and you're like biting your teeth, you know, biting your nails. Ah! Oh God, please! And he's like, I'm not going to tell you. And you're like, please tell me something. And he's like, I just want to tell you something. I love you. But I don't know, Lord, what's going to happen to us. He's like, I love you. That's not good enough. <laughs> I need something else. He said, well, I work on a condition here, I work on love. I'm really big into this and I wanna change you so that you can recognize me. We've been missing out with one another and things been blocking us. And I wanted to bring you into a place of unknowing. So we thought that Christianity was my great theology, my philosophy. Christianity was my great mathematical mind or my physicist mind. And all this is fine. It may be fine, but, or it may be that I'm a poet or no, I'm really good at prose. No, I'm a sociologist. I know people. You know, I'm all of those things, right? I'm some of those things. And the Lord's like, I want you to come into a place of unknowing in the darkness, okay? And then we, I don't want to hear that. I certainly don't want to experience that. And the Lord's saying, I want you to come out into the field. I don't want to go out in the field. I like the heat, you know, I like my comfort. No, come out into the field, out of the place of comfort. Keep a watch. I'm looking for you, Lord, you know, start, be vigilant, be watchful, be in prayer Okay, now God's got somebody he can do something with at night. Uh, I can't see, Lord. I can't see anything. Uh, I'm stepping around here trying to find out where I'm going. And then he says, all right, it's time. An angel of the Lord appears. <laughs> now, I have, I have got to know him. I, I know you, Lord. Lord. He knows it. I know him, and he knows me. I know him. And this is the thing that I've got to know about him. And I want to share this with you. That's what a preacher is. It's a, how will they believe unless a preacher sent to them. It says that. Romans 14 or somewhere, 10 or somewhere around there, it says that. They won't know unless a preacher sent. So someone has to be sent or comes out of the heavens and say, hey, let me tell you about him. Let me tell you about him. This is the conditions upon which I believe I have found him. Every time the Lord will appear. But I tell you what, He holds out to the last minute. He will. He'll wait till the last minute. He's gonna get the most out of your situation he can. You're gonna be like, I'm believing you, it's night. I'm struggling, I'm scared, half out of my wits. There's no way this is gonna come through. I went out on your name. I did everything you said. Where are you at, Lord? You're making me look bad. I'm feeling bad. Pressure, 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 pressure. And then all of a sudden, the Lord appears, right? Hey, you've got to know him too. And he works on this same way every time. And it doesn't change. He's going to work this way in every situation in your life, just like this. You know, people say, oh man, I can't wait till the day I arrive. (laughs) You'll never arrive in a different condition upon which God works with you ever. Everything you'll do will be upon this condition. Then it says, and God's glory came and shone. Illumination comes to your understanding. You're like, oh, I wish I'd have knew that like five minutes ago. But he won't tell you. God doesn't tell. He says, your circumstances cannot guide you. You cannot look at it. If you look at your circumstances, you'll stay in them. He's waiting on your eyes to gaze on him, and then boom, he'll be there every time. And here's the confidence I want you to have. The Lord wants you to have, he will appear every time. Now, I used to be, I've been terrified most of the time. I mean, I'm in the middle of stuff right now. Karen and I are, we're doing stuff that's Crazy. <laughs> In our family, he's moving us out and uh, do this and do that. And I'm like, ah, no, no. Are you going to show up? This is bad. This could be bad. This could look really bad. He's like, You going to do it? Because, you know, nobody likes to hear someone not walk their talk. The Lord's not going to let this preacher tell y'all something. I'm not walking out in my life right now. Because nobody likes that. It's, it's, super, it's called a hypocrite. So don't get up and start talking about it. Unless you're walking it, right? Well now <laughs> they were absolutely terrified. <laughs> and this is like the sense and I so God doesn't remove fear. You know, courage is you ever heard that quote that courage is not the absence of fear? Courage doesn't mean that you don't experience fear. It just means that you see the obstacle, God, and what He's going to do, what He said He'll do, and He's going to come through on it. You see Him, and you push through your experience of fear, and you say, I trust you, Lord. Uh, Now, He says this. Listen to what He says. They're afraid, but it says, The angel said to them, Do not be afraid. Listen carefully. I can't tell you how many times in my walk with the Lord, and I got to tell you, I got to warn you about this. I got to tell you this. You got to listen to me right now. Please listen to me. Oh, I'm saying the same thing to angels saying. Listen carefully. I really am. I'm imploring you to hear me right now. I cannot tell you how many times that the promise was right there and I did not see it. I mean the very promise I was believing for because it always comes in a different form than what you expect. Now hear me because I watched because this has shipwrecked so many believers. I'm telling you this thing I'm telling you right here, right now it has shipwrecked the heart of many believers. I saw a man one time or I heard a man one time, he ended up being, uh, having to go to court over a situation with his housing situation. And the court costs ended up being like $7,000 that he did not have. Another man who didn't even know his situation, and he tells me, I'm putting myself out to trust the Lord and believe he's good. And he does it. And he asked me for advice, and I gave him some advice, and I said, you need to move in this way, don't retaliate, bless and I give him what the scripture says. Yes, you're being unjustly done wrong, but it says, bless the person. I was like, do it away way the Lord says to do it. He does everything right. Another man comes up to him and says, the Lord put it on my heart to give you $7,000. Do you know what the man who needed $7,000 did? It was the exact amount. Do you know what he did? He refused the $7,000 and said, God doesn't care about me. He came to me and said, I told you God doesn't care about me. I said, what? I said, the other man didn't even know your situation and brought you $7,000. And you know what it was? His pride. He couldn't allow another man to give him $7,000, which would have been a blessing to the other man to give him $7,000 because that man needed to be able to be a blessing to another man because he, I knew his situation too. He refused it. Now, God, this is why, this is the craziest thing. I've done this so many times, and this is why he says to them, listen carefully because a lot of people, okay, they say, okay, I'll be dependent. And I'll walk in humility. Okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to enter into the blank slate and I'll come into the darkness. Okay. I'm scared half out of my wits, but I'll trust you. Okay. You did good. Keep it going. And then the Lord shows up and he shows up a different way than what they, their expectation was. And then you know what they say? He don't care about me. I I don't know how many times this has happened to me. So if it's happened to me, it'll happen to you. He'll come in a way that you didn't expect him to come. And if you do not listen carefully and pay attention, you'll miss your blessing. You'll miss your resurrection. You'll miss your moment. And it was right there. And the Lord has to say, oh, you know, he's like, oh, my goodness. He just about missed it. I, I don't know. I, I would feel like the Lord, I know he doesn't wring his hands and stuff, but that would be like me wringing my hands. Oh, please don't miss this. Please don't miss this. I want to bless you. I'm going to hook you up right here. And it's like, oh, that's not what I wanted. No, no, nope, nope, that's not the way I wanted it to be. Therefore, Nip. Nope. I'm offended. You didn't come through the way I wanted you to. Lord, have mercy. He doesn't care about me. I knew it. I knew it all along. Offended. And yet God was there to meet you. Most people won't get into the darkness, okay? Most people won't push through the fear, okay? But then when God, who is unseen, shows up and he says, listen carefully, listen, listen carefully to me this morning. Karen and I, we... We're in the middle of something, and I about missed it. I mean, I just about blew right past the blessing God had for our family. I mean, because I was expecting it to be one way, and man, he showed up in a complete different fashion and actually better than what I'd expected. But I had pinned my mind down to one way, and the Lord shows up in our family... To just release us into blessing. And I was looking in one direction and he shows up differently. And I want to tell you, listen carefully. Especially because you who are the people of faith have already decided you would not be in these events. <laughs> if you had not decided I want to go on with the Lord. Because this event would scatter you out of here. You would. You, you, you couldn't take it. These, this kind of thing puts pressure on uh Y'all are awesome because you do take it. And those who leave and don't take it, that's okay. They're awesome too. I'm not, everyone is, everything is awesome. You know, (laughs) I'm not saying that about anybody. I just, but right now you're awesomeness. Okay. So, but you get afraid and then the Lord says, Hey, 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 steal, 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 steal yourself. Hey, listen carefully. I'm going to proclaim to you some good news. Well, that wasn't the good news I was looking for. I'm going to tell you the good news. Hey, God will, if you obligate God, somebody said, now you can't obligate God. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Because if he tells you a promise and you hold the line on it, you put him in a place of obligation for him to come through on his word to you. And he will, because he likes it when you do that. Oh, he loves that. He actually wants you to set the situation up where it is impossible. You know, I've struggled with this for years. You know, like, I'm going to put, I'm going to actually make the situation harder. (laughs) Like, there's no way you're going to come through because I did this and this and this to obey you. And he's like, oh, yeah, they're not afraid. And I'm going to do it for them. I love to do this. Now, listen carefully, for I proclaim to you good news and great joy. The Savior's coming forward in the city of David. A king's coming forward. A king who governs and rules and all-powerful and almighty. And, and this will be a sign to you. Watch. You, you're going to give me a sign? Yep. You're going to find him wrapped in swaddling clothes, laying in a manger. A king, a king, uh, the king's coming forward in a manger. Nope. Uh-uh. no, this thing's going to look different now. No, that's, that's the sign. Now see what I'm, I'm getting out here. The sign of Moses, burning bush that's not consumed, right? Um, Joshua crosses over the Jordan, a man drawn with a, a sword drawn. Uh, are you for us? Or are you against us? You know, are you for us? Or are you against us? Nay. I'm for myself I <laughs> mean people don't like that either you know I'm for me I mean God is he's for himself you're like are well, you for me? not exactly you for them? not exactly I'm for me and you're like I don't like your exceptionalism <laughs> what is this? who do you think you are? <laughs> you know it's a, God can be very offensive, and yet here he shows up in the basest way. This is the way I want to come to you, and, and I want to come to you in a way of humility that you would not normally recognize. You were looking for me to come in pomp and circumstance and all these different ways, but in this case, in this first advent, God's going to show up in the basest way. He's going to show up in a humble form, in a form that we wouldn't recognize him in a manger. Now, hey guys, a king's coming back and he's going to come in a different form that's going to be very offensive to a lot of people as well, a lion. He's born in a manger, but he's succeeded to the throne and he sits there right now interceding on our behalf, but he's coming back in an offensive way as well. It says a sword will come out of his mouth, he'll slay all his enemies. Uh, people don't like to think of Jesus that way. I mean, it says the blood will just fill up all the way to the bridle. I mean, he's coming up through Basra. It says that blood will be di- pouring all over his robes. I mean, well, if people can't accept him in a manger, listen, how are they ever going to accept him as a ruling sovereign? And it, this is what's... Messes with us all because we're like, We know that you'll come in a way that's not exceptional, in the humble way, but what does he come when he comes in humility? But he's sovereign God who, everybody, bow your knee to me. You know, because you will and I will because we won't be able to help it. It'll be like, it it won't be like, oh, I'll think about it. Everybody will hit the deck because his holiness is so powerful that we'll all be trembling in our boots. Now, he's come to us in a way, and do we accept him as a humble man in a manger? How are we ever gonna accept this second advent if we can't accept him as a carpenter from Nazareth? The word told me, he said, he said, if you think being born in a manger is offensive, wait till the people of the nations realize I'm the king. Like they don't have any rights over their land, housing food themselves, you think this is offensive <laughs> I'm coming in royalty <laughs> i'm very offensive I mean, who knows he might drive up in a porch I'm just kidding you know i, I don't know how I just He's offensive. They, they said, oh, John, you know, he was in the wilderness. We can kind of deal with him. We don't like him either. You know, he's a repent. You know, he's in camel's hair. He's kind of cool. You know, like today in Asheville, John the Baptist might be kind of cool until he tells everybody to repent. You know. But, I mean, he's got long hair. He's got the look, you know. <laughs> you know, he's eating locusts and wild honey. He's kind of like left-based eating. <laughs> you know, like we kind of like that guy. But not well. We like the guy with the wine bibber and the glutton too. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it depends on which camp you're around. The left kind of might like John, but the right, like, no, nah, I don't know. He doesn't come. He doesn't come. Maybe in the way that we think, and then, and then he says, all of a sudden, and I, I've watched this. It's like a double entendre. I don't even know the word I'm using. Maybe y'all know what that word is. I don't even know. I say words all the time. I don't know what they mean. I had to go look them up all the time. But maybe it's untruth. I don't know. But it's like there's this double blessing that comes. I watch this with me. So great joy for all people. And the proclamation and the light breaks forth. then all of a sudden these angels are praising God. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and good will towards men now here's another blessing that begins to come and i've watched this i've i, t- I've, I did this with you promise oath pool but I'm, I'm kind of getting this down with the father and learning okay here's your mechanism first i'm going to blank slate darkness out in the field feeling like i don't know what's going to happen i submit to all that courage okay I'm waiting on the Lord. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Boom! He appears. Light comes forth out of nowhere. Then he says, hey, listen carefully. And you're like, oh, okay, pay attention. And then you're like, yeah, but that doesn't fully satisfy everything. Something's still, okay, 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 okay. Okay, yep. And it's, the sign is going to be like this. And you're like, okay. And then suddenly... <laughs> Because there's two of these events, like this suddenly and then another suddenly. And I've, I've learned this of the Lord, you know, it's a boom, okay, I believe you, the promise, the revelation, I'm looking for this sign, then boom, another sign. Uh, y'all know, y- y'all that walk with God, you know what I'm saying right now. Those that you that walk with Him, He has a way, He does it the same way every time. This is why I'm, I'm a really big fan of preaching out of the gospel, because I saw this. I'm like, there, you did it again. And you got this whole entire mechanism. He said, hey, what did it say about the people of Israel and Moses? He said uh, something. Y'all know this. It says the people knew his what, but Moses knew what? What was it? You know this? Moses. Okay. The people saw his works or knew his works, but Moses, what? His ways. So, so what am I trying to tell you, share with you? Uh, not the works of God, the way of God. I'm trying to teach you wisdom and myself, you know, the word goes back, you know, because most people can't sit there with, you know, and say, okay, does this, 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 this and this, and this. And you're like, um, I've been telling Kara, I was like, this last year, just, the Lord had pushed us up to the stops. Push us up to the stops. There's no way through. Push us up again. There's no way through. I I got into this thing where I was like, wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for him. Wait for him. And you know, kids have a birthday tomorrow. We don't have a way to get them anything. Wait for him. You know, He's going to come through, but we don't know where. And we'd just be sitting still, maybe get some coffee. (laughs) You know, coffee and Jesus, man, change your life. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know either. Wait for him! Suddenly! Man, it's like every time you're like, well, that wasn't exactly the way I expected it, or that wasn't as much as I wanted. (laughs) That would see, though. He's like, I'll give you what you need, you know, and I'm gonna bless you with what you want. So he's really good about that. But, you know, you get the promise, the first light, then you get the oath, the second light. Well, you get the revelation from the promise. Listen, the revelation, oh, it's in a, oh, okay, he's in a manger. First light, revelation, he's in a manger. Okay, uh, all right, keep looking around. Anybody seen a baby in a manger? No. Oh, there he is over there. Of <laughs> all places, Bethlehem. Well, I don't want to go there, man. <laughs> I don't want to go to Bethlehem. Mm-mm. That's a foreign place down there in Bethlehem. And nobody knows you down there. <laughs> I'm not going to be seen. I don't like that feeling. I wanted to be seen. I wanted to be known. Yeah, go down there. About down there. See? And the Lord takes the soul into this place. He said, Second light, now do you believe me? It's like promise, oath. And now the heavens are going to reveal the glory of God. There he comes, the very Son of God, born in a manger. And the Lord breaks through and he brings himself into this world to save men from their sins. You see? You have to say in yourself, let us go over. Hmm. I don't know if he's going to meet me. Let us go over. But yeah, I feel left high and dry. There's nothing to actualize me down there. I'm not going to look real good. I I could have my neck stuck out. I'm not going to look like a fool. Let us go over. Hey, hey, Let us believe the prophetic word of the Lord. Let us trust that what He said is true. You know, let us go over. Let us cross over into a realm because we have a relationship with Him and He's going to meet us. His word is good. He's going to meet us every time. I speak to you the way of God. This way is all throughout the Gospel of Jesus Christ. Everywhere you were, uh, it took me three and a half years in the Gospel of Mark and the MZ Hop days. Three and a half years, and I saw every time I found faith adversity rest expansion. I found I found death burial, resurrection ascension. I found that the world system was getting into toil, anxiety, resentment, and emptiness. I found it in the gospel. I found the four points. I found the quaternity of time outside of time in the cross. I found him. I found you can move in faith. You are going to have adversity. You're going to enter into rest and expansion's coming. I found death and then burial and then resurrection and ascension. I found it in the gospel. I was like, oh! And then the Lord's like, don't get into toil, anxiety, resentment, and emptiness. I'm throwing the tares in the fire. <laughs> I don't want you living like that. I want you to come and partner with me in faith. Go into a land that you do not know, whatever it looks like. However, I'm going to take you from your country and your kindred because I want to give you land and seed. I want to bless your families. Move out in faith and Well, there's going to be problems in that adversity. Yes, come on out with me. But you'll enter into a place of rest in your soul. And you'll say, I believe the prophetic word of the Lord. Let us go over. God's going to bring an expansion on my family and my situation. He'll save your sons and daughters. He'll save your grandchildren. He will bless your mom and daddy. He will change your whole entire world around you. He will bless you with housing that you did not have to build. He will give you an economy that you did not have to work for. Read Deuteronomy chapter 8. That man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. man get a hold of him and do not back off for his soul takes no pleasure in those that draw back. (laughs) Don't draw back. Don't be a tragic hero or a false knight. Be a knight of faith. I mean, read Kierkegaard. That's from Fear and Trembling. That's a great book, by the way. Or either or is a good one. Also, it's, it's good philosophical work. But don't back off. Yeah, and it'll always appear as though when you do this that it's going to hurt sometimes the very people you love the most. Because God cannot have humanism. God wants glory to his own name. When you push out in faith, it can look like it's hurting the very people you love, i.e. Isaac. It looks like that you're going to the very person you love or the family that you love, that you're, it's going to somehow hurt them. But God wants an eternal truth to come into your family. Um, the Todd's just heard their own son convert in the shower God sent down fire from heaven, hit him like a lightning bolt, knocked the black smoke out of him and converted him right there. Why? Because a people left a country and left their kindred. And what is the Lord obligated to do? Save all the kindred and bless the family because they moved in faith. Have they had adversity? Yeah. But will God deliver on the promises? Yes. Let's all stand together. Faith, faith, listen to me. Faith is that promise that God has given to you. Adversity always comes after faith because God has to form you and to fill you. And there's a whole teaching on this. I, I did it years ago the six days of creation. Days one, uh, days three, and day five is the forming. And days two, uh, day four, and day six are the filling. The forming is the masculine, the filling is the feminine. Before God, whenever he tells you to move out in faith, he will reform you like he builds a new structural thing inside of you. Then he'll fill it. Then you'll enter into rest. You'll feel this peace settle on your soul. That's the oath. You'll just know. You'll be like, I know. I know he's coming through, man. I know this with a surety in my heart. I don't care what anything tells me. I have come to a place of the oath. And then watch heaven deliver every single time every single time every single time he will deliver let us go over let us with this aggressiveness go over like, like Steve sent me this minute ago kingdom of God comes with conflict there's conflict in this there is oh huh, huh, huh. I don't know, I don't know You know, push it Oh, Keep believing, keep believing, keep believing, keep believing No. Every, when we came here, I said There's no way they're going to let us in there
3: <laughs>
1: hey, well, Here we are <laughs> I thought, this is a tall order to get into this building You know so Here we are The blind and the lame will keep you out A lack of vision and provision will keep you from securing the ground of God. No, it won't. No, it won't because God will answer. God's going to answer what he says and he's going to fulfill his word. He's going to save 10,000. He's going to raise up an end time remnant. A royal family all over this nation and nations of the world, and they're going to know they're the royal family of God. Raised up everywhere, all over the nations, He is going to answer to this in the middle of chaos happening in the nation. A family's coming forward. You, the sons and daughters, the royal family. We're the family. We're His family. He's going to save husbands and wives, children. He's going to restore things that we could never fix for ourselves. He's got a plan he's going to connect us back to one another it looks like the church has been the worst scatterings ever happened on the church mark jesus's words in john 17 make them one as we are one father oh we're going to know oneness right through this you're going to see a oneness and family and returning to him like you've never seen before there's a great returning coming all our hope that's been based in those other systems we have to throw it off because god has a way I see him in your eyes because you believe him. You do. You believe him. And every time you look down, just lift up your eyes from whence cometh your help. Your help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. Hey, it's impossible, Carol. Good. Actually, anything God does has to be impossible with man all man-made you know i I wrote y'all some emails about um teva because and y'all probably like what is he talking about the golden teva i don't know if y'all read any of my emails but the golden teva well teva means anything that is not man-made and i said oh man i gotta get me some of those shoes and i'm getting them for my kids and and carrying some teva shoes There's a hebrew word and i was like i want to walk in those shoes you know because How many of us have been trying to make ourselves and form ourselves in our own idea? I'm like, done with it, man. Forget the whole thing, man. Throw it all off. Throw off everything that man could do. And let us get into the place of impossibility and what God can do. Susanna said, I don't know if I should start a bakery because the Lord's coming back. (laughs) I said, who knows, honey? Who knows? Go seek him and see. He might want you to have a bakery in the middle of chaos. I mean, who knows? He might want you to cook food and take care of people. Who knows? Go ask him. Go spend time with him. We don't know. Who thought that two million people could be delivered out of the greatest empire of its day? And yet God showed up. God will deliver a remnant offspring in this hour and bring us into his glory. And it's going to happen. Mark the words of the Lord, not me, but Mark His own word. Oh, man, I'm so excited. Lord, help us. I don't know where you're at this morning. I I can't know where you're at in your process with the Father. Some of you, I don't know who I speak to here, and I just want you to be ministered to. Some of you keep pushing up against the stops, and but you're not getting a breakthrough. And I can't say that I fully understand um, that for each one of you. I can't. But I, what I want you to what I want you to think about, and I've had to really consider this a lot in my life, is. don't back down take courage again to love take courage again to believe i i can't i can't i can't answer your your question maybe but i do know that if you'll push through where it seems impossible he will answer you i i know that by the testimony of god's word and i know it because in our family we've had to prove god we've been proven in this and I've I've seen him work and so I know him to be truthful and let God be true and every man be a liar but he is true on his word and he sets his word it says even above his own name Uh, that that to me is profound God's word to you is true and he will deliver on the promise do not draw back do not pull back stay faithful You will see promises come forth. And even if he slays you, (laughs) because he does slay the nature within us that's not like him, and that can be really painful. You know, like, why do you cut me, Lord? I was loving you. He's like, why do you hurt the people that love you the most? why do you strike the shepherd and the sheep are scattered? I mean, it don't make any sense to us. But Everything God does is for love. Trust Him. Just trust Him. There needs to be a yes this morning and a amen. See, you have to have a promise and an oath. So you say yes to Him, but you also say amen. You say yes to the beginning of Him and the end you say amen. And when that yes and amen comes unto the glory that's operating in us, God's blessing comes forth. Every time, in every situation, whether in life or in death, this is a fact. This is God's Word. And this is His way. Alright, let's, uh, let's have communion together. Okay, bless you. You come to partake. Say this because I feel like the Holy Spirit just keeps telling me to say this. But every promise of God, which we know it says Corinthians is yes and amen, every promise that you have has to be established in credibility and integrity. One of the greatest assaults against your promise is actually everything that tries to bring it out of integrity and credibility. When God gives you a promise he will bring it to a place of real confidence and but that confidence is the foundation of truth and things will try to test you and no Lord will allow it I just want you to know this he will allow there to be a manipulation or a controlling of that promise And what I I really want you to get a hold of this because if you can get this, not like intellectually, but in your spirit, if you can get a hold of every compromise on the foundation of truth, the Lord watches you in your public life and your private life. He watches what you say and what you think. He sees everything. And what He's looking for is truth. Because your promise cannot... He will never uh, bring it to pass if there's a slipping of the truth. Most people miss their promise because of that. Now, let's say that you do something wrong and you come out of belief, i.e. Ishmael, okay? The Lord is very gracious. He's into multiple opportunities. You may have to go through the test again, but, but, but don't give up. Don't. Don't draw back because, let's say, you compromise and you look back and say, I really blew that really bad. Okay? You did. So what? Push delete. Repent. Make your situation right as you can. Get it into a place of truth. To the extent that you possibly can. Make your conscience clean before him. If you got a nagging suspicion in your mind that says, Oh, I fudged. Fix it with him and with the person you did it if you did that. Do not. Do not. Let me say, God will not deliver on this when there's a fudging. There must be accuracy. You know, people think that he's not that way, but he's very, very, very truthful. It says it in John, I believe, 14 or 15. The spirit of truth will come and will judge. He's very, very, very much looking for accuracy. For instance, if something comes out of your mouth and you mean one thing but you said another, listen, hear me out. If you do that, go and make it right. Know that every relationship that you're in matters to God. Your children, your grandchildren, your wife, your husband, your wife, your friends, everything you say matters to Him. I had no idea how much he cares so much about every detail. Now you can say, oh, that's overwhelming, Carol. Let the Spirit of God's grace come to you and convict. Don't take someone else's condemnation. Don't take your own conviction. Take his. But if he if something's nagging you or bothers you or it needs to be cleared up, clear it up. Because on the other side of that is God's blessing. I I I know this because I've had to be I've been proved him I've been proven by him in one sense not fully until we see him. Every detail matters to him. Every private conversation. Every thought process. God wants integrity. Because he says that in Hebrews 6. He says, surely I cannot lie. You know when s- someone says something to you, but it's not fully truthful, and you can feel it, and you're like, nah. You're, not, you're fibbing on me, or you're, you're hedging, right? God knows that more than all of us. <laughs> he's like, no, because he's looking for the ground of truth when that ground of truth gets just right, that's called the promise, and it comes to the oath. And then it's put in the place of impossibility, but you hold your line on it. And you say, I believe you, and truth comes forth, and God always moves on truth. He always moves on integrity. It's not meanness. It's not brutality. It's the loving. It's love. Lord, make us a people of credibility and integrity. Let us be, Lord, honest. Let us not hedge. Let us not protect ourselves. Let us not try to be defensive. Help us, Lord, to be truthful. Spirit of truth, come to us and reveal truth to us. And help us to make things right. This is where all disconnection happens, is where we've been lied to or we've lied where we've not been honest with ourselves or with others. or Lord, make us truthful down to the very depths of our core. And the Lord will come through for you every time. Now, I'm not putting this on you as like you didn't need grace for this. like Or that we all need grace. But grace is not the license to sin. Grace is the victory and power over sin. He took the bread and He broke it. He said, "This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me." The the truth, Lord, we know cost you everything. It cost you your life. You are willing to put your life on the line for us. It cost you everything. And you paid the price, Lord, for us. And he said, this is the blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you. Do this in remembrance of me. May the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you. And may the Lord make his face to shine upon you and give you peace. Amen. Bless you today.